Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and this week I am joined with Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. And Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. Alright guys, we are at the end of our hyperspace breakdown. We are going to tackle the First Order. Finally, uh, it's been something that I wanted to kind of like let sit and marinate just for a little bit. Just to see how this finally hashed out and, and see where it goes. So we're going to jump in that, and then later in the episode, we're going to talk about like our feelings on hyperspace. Like We've given it enough time to kind of like figure it out, where it's heading, and uh, we have some opinions on it, so we'll get into that. I have some other things. It looks like the Nova uh, tickets have gone on sale tonight when we're recording this. So if you are, want to go to the Prime Championship at the Nova Open, definitely check that out. Uh, and it looks like someone leaked some of the Grand Championship prizes, at least what they uh, is in the kit. Um, and we'll go over that towards the end of the episode. But first, let's jump right into the First Order. And none of us, I know we all claim to be First Order players, but you know Chris isn't here, Zach is MIA, um, but... We all have a pretty good grasp of what is going to be coming from this First Order faction. And a lot of it, you know, has changed. You know, this was at the bottom of the pool the last uh, cycle. And now, I mean, granted, it's maybe not, like, to the point of Boba Good. But I I think it's definitely at the top of the list. Would you guys agree? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's getting played a ton. But I I think that the people who are still really dedicated in playing it are are doing pretty well with it i definitely agree with that like i mean it's i think a lot of people are on the scum train right now and we'll go into that a little bit down the episode but uh like i said i i think this is something to definitely look at because i i mean i'm be curious if slave one stays in hyperspace come their next even adjustment like maybe like when the next ships come out but um yeah, it's something to definitely take a look at. But uh, all right, so let's jump into like what we are seeing with uh, first order and hyperspace. The so first thing we want to talk about is Kylo. Kylo, I mean, has been argued to being one of the best ships in the game. Uh, he has probably one of the best dials in the game, if not the best dial in the game. Does he have that five blue straight? He does. <laughs> he does. They don't have the the blue three banks like they used to have, but they're still really solid. Right. I mean, they just the five blue street itself can open up so many options that like, uh, I mean, like I play Fen a lot. I I would wish that he had that four blue street and this thing has the five blue straight. And when, you know, he needs to get out of Dodge, he can. And it, it really helps. Like, uh, I'm shocked that this isn't seeing more play than, you know, Boba or anything like that. Because, like, it has all these options to do whatever it wants. Um, but, I mean, granted, you are paying for the points for it. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I've gone up against uh, Kylo's a couple times. And a lot of times it feels bad going up against them. So, it's like, I don't know. Is it people are afraid of Slave 1? Or is it people that, you know... Um, are, are still missing the bullets on this? Like, uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I still think Kylo is the best endgame ship, probably, um, in hyperspace, at least. It, he's so good, and I am surprised he's not getting more play, especially because First Order players were kind of always the count to 200 faction, right? So they were always used to their, their fives moving first, you know, in front of... Boba Fett. So I'm I'm surprised that people aren't playing more of Kylo because it seems like really when we're seeing First Order being played, it's more of the spammy lists than the the ace lists. You know, I, I think we all immediately thought you know this is going to be the new ace faction, and that really seems to not be the case at all. Uh, you know, sometimes you see Kylo, but uh, you know Von Reg, for instance, is completely missing. And we thought that they were going to be, you know, stapled together, basically. So I'm really not sure. I, I, I'm not sure if it's just that, you know, Fen is is too much for someone like Von Reg, um, and just you know melts him, and then Kylo has a, a tough time, or, uh, or if it's Boba that's the problem. But it definitely is not breaking out the way we thought it was going to. 
Yeah, and I definitely think that too because, like, I want to see this to be the AC faction. I mean, you have Von Reg, you have Kylo, but like, right? Why? What? What makes that people aren't, you know, taking bids of this? Like, it, it, exactly what you said is the counter two hundred faction, and it's still being like that. Like, we have the Focho, which is you know eight of the tie S, um, not SS tie FOs, um, and. I, I don't get it, like, at this point. Like, wh- why Why wouldn't you want to move last with Kylo? I mean, I know I'm probably preaching to, like, the different, like, because I, I, everyone knows me, I, I usually want to count to 200, but I feel like this is the one thing that you could actually bid. Are you not outbidding, you know, Boba's? Is, are you just, are, are people scared of it? I mean, the problem is, it, it seems like it's almost impossible to outbid that Boba Fen list that you're going to see, you know, at, at any big tournament. I mean, Kylo is is pretty expensive on his own. You can put Kylo, Von Reg, and Blackout in, for instance, and I'm pretty sure it's 196 points with no upgrades. Um, or Kylo, Von Reg, and Rush, if you're trying to be, you know, cute, and you're at 190 points. And both of those are still significantly more than Boba and Fenn are going to be running at. Um, so... You know, the Kylo Von Reg pairing just seems like it might be a little too expensive with the, the meta we have going on right now. And, you know, I, I it does seem like people just really aren't loving, uh, you know, the TIE Baron ship at all. Um, it's definitely not Zoom tier. You know, that, that has been pretty clear. And I think uh, that's what people want and are very disappointed that it's not living up to their expectations. Yeah, you definitely make a good point that it's not soon tier. Um, we'll go in a little bit later about how, I mean, how I'm envisioning Von Reg. Uh, granted, he's not soon tier, um, but he's still such a good ship, and I, I think people are missing the mark on some things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to see more Kylo. I, I definitely, I, I know Chris has a bunch of Kylo lists that he's probably tested out and everything like that, but I, I mean, I. I I think, I don't know if if something happens to Boba or Slave One, I definitely think that this is going to just rise to the top automatically, like no questions about it. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right on that. That it's really the Slave One, uh, you know, problem that is keeping this down from the list that we want to see being flown in first order anyway, because of just the, you know, the the crazy positioning ability you get uh, when moving last with Boba there. Right. Um, so let's move on from Kylo. Uh, let, let's jump into the Thai Bacons, the Thai BAs, whatever they're calling them. Um, so we have Von Reg and Hollow. You're seeing a lot of play. Not even, I would say Hollow is probably seeing the most play out of uh, the two of them. Which, again, like, literally shocks me. Like, I, I think, I know people, like, like I think you presented the best. People wanted a soon-tier ship, and they didn't get a soon-tier ship. But I think at the same time, they, like, Von Reg is kind of in the same boat as Fen, where, like, he can push to 200. And, you know, he's probably moving last than a lot of these ships. But at the same time, I understand that he's probably getting blocked in certain situations. So he's kind of similar in the same regards. I think there's ways to build him, though, that, you know, you're just going to. He could be there for either support, but I also think that he's going to be there and um, he's going to be there and a very viable part of your list. And I think people are sleeping on that. And I want, you know. I've messed around with him in testing, and uh, he's definitely proven his worth. He might not be this crazy endgame ship that Kylo is, but at the same time, he has power. Like, you can do so much with him between putting uh, the regen upgrade on deuterium power cells. Uh, I definitely think people are sleeping on Magpulse Warheads. I've already discussed that. Um, It's not a upgrade that is there for you to dish damage it's an upgrade for when you need it on defense and i think it should be like a key on von reg i i literally can't stress that enough and i I, like i said i I know people are missing the mark on that yeah i i have to totally croak because i disagreed with you on that and i have been testing out mag pulse and it's great um i've been putting it mostly on on vader and you know exactly how you described it to me is how i i end up using it right like 
okay, I've got a, a potentially really damaging shot coming in here. Um, I'll just push through that one crit and I'll make it so they're not going to touch me this turn. Um, and it, it really is worth its points for sure. Definitely. Um, and, and like, especially at the I six initiative, like you're probably getting a lock off, you know, chances are like, if you have a lock and a evade as your actions, you know, you take that, take that strain token. Don't take the, uh, uh, whatever the other one is called. I'm sorry. Um, the pleat, right. And if you take that evade and you can get that mag pulse off and just have to push through one hit, chances are, you're, you know, that strain um, isn't going to matter because you have the evade token and you're depleting your opponent that's going to be shooting at you. Like, I think that's huge. And if you're in a range one, you're getting out of there anyway. You're going to be able to boost and barrel roll. So, uh, I mean, I, I think there's definitely ways to build Von Reg, and I definitely hope to see that in the future. Um. So let's. I mean, do, yeah. Do you think it's the ship count that's holding him down? Because that's my my thought. Probably is that you know there's the boba issue we talked about, but also I mean he is fragile enough where you don't want him going up against seven or eight ships, which seem to be kind of a staple right now in hyperspace. So you know once we get to a, a spot where ship counts drop down and you're seeing a lot more, you know, three or four ship lists, maybe. That's where he comes in and, and is able to to do his AC things, right? And I think that kind of comes down to list building. Where um, who are you bringing him with? And it's kind of hard to say. Like you can bring him with a bunch of um, FOS. Just you, you, I think you can fit five FOS with him and like kind of leave him as a flanker. And if they don't, you know, occupy Von Reg, he's just going to be sitting in the back, focus target locking as much as he can and kind of like burning things down while they're dealing with the FOs where if they're kind of turning in on Von Reg, maybe he's in trouble. Maybe he's not. I, I think we're kind of in a point that like people are still figuring him out. So I think that really comes down to list building. Um, is he bringing in a firepower that he can be ignored or not ignored? And that, that really is the question. Um, let's go into Hollow, though. We'll talk tackle Hollow and LaHughes now. Um, so Hollow's seeing a lot of play. I know everyone's kind of doing the, figured out the trick that all your FOs lock onto Hollow so that if he ever needs to pass a token, he can pass off one of his the locks on him. Um but is he in the same boat? Like, wh why are people bringing Hollow over, you know, Von Reg? Yeah, it's not a points thing, probably. I mean, it, they're only, I think, three points difference between them. Um, and, you know, who is not going to pay three extra points for, um, you know, a, an I-6 over an I-5? Um, so that's definitely not the reason. His ability is really good. Um, you know, getting able to, to pass away that deplete or strain or stress or, or really any negative token um or you know some people are just using him kind of as an evade battery and keeping kylo around much longer by tossing him an evade every turn um and you know both seem to have some success i don't know what the the correct use is for him out of those two um but you know i've seen him work pretty well as the centerpiece of a list and uh, he definitely seems to to be kind of a star Okay, I, I mean, I, I definitely can see that. Um, it's, I, I think he's good. I mean, I still don't know if that three point i six difference is gonna hurt. I, I, I would take Von Reg. I think right for the extra three points. Personally, right. I, I like the AC style more. Um, I'm more comfortable than you know some people are at you know committing to just not taking a shot that turn. And keeping my guy safe, um, just based on my playstyle. So, I don't think I would uh, would ever pass up Von Reg for just three points. But uh, I mean, Hol Hollow's ability is really good. There's no doubt about that. Right, and, and I mean, you talk about Innovate Battery for uh, Kylo. I mean, I, I get it, but I think at the same time they're probably going to have completely different flight patterns. Like I, I think, um, uh, I mean, Hollow's band is pretty big. I'll say that, but. Uh, there's going to be those turns that they get separated or, you know, people are going to understand that you're keeping Hollow close to Kylo 
and might be able to trap you that way. Um, I, I think he's definitely pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know how much more to say on him. His ability is fine. Um, the problem is, is like, I don't know if it's worth it uh, for those three points from an I6. I mean, doesn't, uh, with his ability to pass off the strain and deplete, doesn't it give him a lot more... Like you feel a lot more free, a lot more freedom to use the fine-tuned thrusters, and then it would work well with um, was it proud tradition? Uh, if you're doing the, if you're K turning, if you're turning around, getting a stress, but still focusing, then you can pass the stress off, so they can't. They can't, opponent, do can't flip the... They can't make you flip your right. your uh, proud tradition. Sure, definitely. Right, we're passing. You know the the no shoot token after you uh, you regen if you're going that route. Like they're. It's very flexible, um, but again, you know, I six is is still just so valuable. All right, um, and, and like like I said, we can't stress this enough. We we understand these aren't soon tier, and you probably shouldn't be flying them like soon tier. Um, even though like you can fly them as a flanker, but you you have to understand that these things are going to be blocked, and you know you have to plan around that. So uh, I think they're. Hollow, I, I think, is a good choice. Von Reich, I think, is also a great choice. But yeah, get how, uh, how do you guys think? How do you feel like this? Um, the ship's dial affects how it flies. I'm just curious. Right? You having all the ones be blue instead of the two hearts, you know, so it's more reminiscent of a um, tie. Or... Yeah, the tap. Yeah, the tie. The one. So in my games, they were almost never getting stressed. Um, so honestly, the the, the dial just stayed open, um, you know, most of the game. I mean, sometimes you'd have to to do that uh, fine-tuned thrusters and you wouldn't be able to clear it some natural way. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the one hard is, you know, my favorite move in X-Wing and having it be blue is, is extremely strong. So I think their dial is absolutely great. But I do agree that their flight patterns are very different than Kylo's, um, like you said, Andrew. So, and the dial is a big part of that. Right. Uh, I think it's definitely flies a lot more like the tap. Uh, I think with the two banks and the four blue definitely opens it up a lot. You you can get out of dodge a lot of, a little bit easier with that. Um, and clear any of those tokens that you did have to take. I mean the five k is there. Um, but again, like you said, Brett, the one heart is definitely one of my favorite moves in the game, and the fact that it is blue just is you know, great. Like you can really kind of plan around a lot of things with that. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think you're keeping any of those tokens that you have to take, um, if needed. What do you, what have you felt in your games with the, the fact that you have to do the barrel roll before you could do a boost if you're going for a double reposition? Like, um, has that impacted you at all? For me, I, that's generally the order that I, I do like the, the Jedi things in is I do the one hard, then I barrel roll, then I boost if, if I'm going for the double reposition. It's rare that I find the boost first to be uh, beneficial there. Now, here the problem is you can't do a boost and a focus. But um, for the, the double reposition order, at least, have you found that to be an issue? Not necessarily. And like I said, a lot of times when I have like tested with this, it like you had to... If I ever caught myself in range one, like it was fine. Like my, you absolutely get out of that arc if you need it to. Um, but at the same time, you can also barrel roll out of arc and then boost in to still keep that range one and you know, be fine. It really hasn't affected me too much. Um, granted, you're not getting some mods if you need them like soon tier does, but I think at the same time, like especially in hyperspace, the double reposition train is very, very few. And this just helps it. So any other thoughts on the tie interceptor? Any of the other ones? Have you, have you played any of the other ones, Brett, or is hollow and. That's as far as I've, I've gotten. Um, Ember's ability really didn't excite me at all and dropping down another initiative and, uh, you know, I try and stay away from generics like the plague. So. Sure. All right. So, uh, the next one I want to talk about is LaHue's. LaHue's, I think is really kind of really cool. solid. Yeah. LaHue's <laughs> is a really, really great addition for first order. 
if you see LaHue's on the other side of the table, I made this mistake. Uh, I played a game a couple weeks ago, and um, I made some heavy mistakes, and one of my first mistakes was not burning LaHue's down. And I, I recognized that at the end of the game, I was like, you know, that was the first mistake that I did because that thing needs to die. And you should kill it with fire as fast as you can. And the TSFs, you can absolutely do it. I mean, they're too agility. I mean, they got a lot of health, but I, I think you can definitely kill these things as fast as you can. Um, LaHues is the one that when she can spend her, or she can spend friendly locks as if they are their own. Um, so you kind of throw the SF gunner on there, and she's just a you know a damage machine. She's getting do double modded attacks and. It hurts because she's at I-5. But like I said, you have to burn her down um, as quickly as possible. So I think there's that. Brett, what, did you did you test this at all? Uh, I I haven't played it, but I've... I'm sorry, I haven't played it like myself, but I have played against it. And I completely agree with your assessment. Um, I mean, this is a serious heavy hitter. Um, almost every shot is going to be... Uh, focused and target locked so uh you know it's it's really pretty terrifying and and you know with the front arc and the back arc if necessary uh you know you're gonna get hit basically no matter where you're going um yeah. so yeah this definitely needs to get burnt down extremely quickly focus fire on it um because there's probably gonna be way too many other ships in the list for you to just take out the friends and and get rid of the target lock threat that way right um, and I mean, it, you know, if we're talking about LaHue's, I think we also should talk about Revis, who is like LaHue's best friend and is just a perfect complementary ship. That's the FO that, um, you know, when a, a ship at range, I want to say zero to two, gets a red token. So red or um, orange, red or orange. Thank you. So, you know, a stress token um, or a friendly lock from one of your ships, for instance, locks the ship. Revis then gets a lock on it. Um, you then get to have LaHue spend that lock, which was basically free, because Revis is still able to take their own focus, get this free lock, and LaHue now is, is double-modded. Or if he doesn't need it for some reason, now Revis is double-modded. So I think that those ships uh, go perfectly hand-in-hand -hand and make a really scary one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, a weapons disabled is uh, orange token? Yes. It is. So if someone is regening and they're within range of Revis, Revis can lock them? Yes. Yeah, so uh, LaHuse is a menace. Um, I, I think a lot of these Thai FOs are like really good. Like Revis is good. You have Longshot, Scorch is still really good. Um, these are all like great pieces to the FO faction. And I, I think they're there's a lot to play with in this. You know, you could literally mix up any of these ships and you have yourself a list. You could throw like Kylo, LaHughes, and Revis, and, you know, Scorch and all these ships in there. And, and like I said, you absolutely have yourself a list that will compete and will do good. Um, I can't stress that enough. And the, the other thing about it is we haven't even started talking about the Fojo yet. The five, or the, I'm sorry, the eight of uh, Thai first orders where I mean people are bringing it and it is performing well I know we've talked about this in previous episodes where like we think that it would be possible to maybe improve the list by bringing higher initiative or something along um, with upgrades or something to try to like take some of these, th these things out but I think at the same time is it's a simple list it's one of your you know generic copy pasta list that you can bring and, I mean, you can call it a meme if you want, but I still think it's something that you should be at least um, prepared against, for sure. Like, I mean, eight ships behind four health and a great dial, like, every single one of these First Order dials are just amazing. Um, it's definitely something that you need to take a look at. Um, any other, like, big ships that stand out for the First Order that we should talk about? I want to see more TN3465. Uh, I, I think he's one of the coolest ships in the game, and I never see him played. 
It's while another friendly ship performs an attack if you are at range 0 to 1 of the defender, you can suffer one crit to change one of the attacker's results to a crit. So it's kind of just there to like serve crits for 28 points, but I, I think that's pretty sweet. Is that kind of like, it's like Ruthless? Yeah, it's kind of like Ruthless, but with crits. I mean, granted, he's going, you're basically killing him, but it's that damage race that I, I think might be kind of fun. It's like that um, scum pilot. Was it Gar- Gargar Vim? Or... Yeah. Uh, when he gets shot, he does a crit to everything range zero to him. Um, yeah. So, uh, But like I said, uh, I, I think the First Order is in a very good spot right now. Um, they have so many upgrades that they can take between Advanced Optics. Fanatical still a great card to take. Um you know, they basically brought Magpulse into the game. And like I said, it's this has shades of old Fenrau in the Sheathapede. Um, I can't stress that enough. Uh, Proud Tradition, we, we discussed, it's it's good. I mean, like... If you get enough ships with it, it seems like it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, if people are going to be spending those uh, focus tokens to flip that thing over... I literally just said that the FOs have the best dials in the game. It's not that hard then if you have to take a, uh, you know, a, a red focus uh, if you if need it. If not, you can always just take locks and try to win that damage race. Um, they have access to regen now, which is bonkers. I mean, but I, I don't think have we seen and too much of that yet. I don't think I've really, it's really kind of popped up. Um. I- I've played one game against it, but I haven't seen it, uh, you know, outside of that. Right. Um, I, I'm curious if that's going to be a problem down the road. I mean, obviously Kylo can't take it because he doesn't have the mod slot. But, I mean, when we start getting into extended talk, I'd be curious if like something like uh, Quick Draw takes this or something else. Um but so when you're building, are you going away from Kylo? Like, we've talked about a lot of the other cool things, but I'm pretty sure all of my First Order lists have started with Kylo still. Me personally, probably starting with Kylo. Um, if I'm not starting with Kylo, I'm starting with either Hollow or Von Reg and going from there. Um, I'm not a fan of the... Let's just just spam a bunch of ships and then go from there. Um, I definitely like the ace play and bringing the support ships to kind of go along with that ace. Uh, Jonathan, were you going to say something? I was just looking at the FO pilots and someone we haven't seen a lot of in second edition is midnight. Is there in a Boba fan world? Is there any role for midnight at 42 points? So what did they change with Midnight? They actually changed the text. It's while you defender perform an attack, if you have a lock on the enemy ship, that ship's dice cannot be modified. So it's like Juke can't work with it. Juke used to be able to work oh, with it. Oh, right, 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 right. Juke. Um, right. Um, uh, I think she's expensive. So I think if we, if you know you're playing against Boba Fenn, you know, you're you're going to a game night, for instance, and Boba Fenn is, is what your opponent's bringing, that Midnight is fantastic, right? I mean, Midnight always thrives when there's a very low ship count. Um, and the problem right now is that, you know, you're seeing a lot of six, seven, and eight ship lists. And, uh, you know, maybe the, the two ship lists are out there and they're going to be doing pretty well. But uh, I think that Midnight just melts right now and doesn't get back her value. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it's like if you, yeah, I mean, she's sitting at forty-two points. She's not going to be dishing out the damage, I, I think. Uh, I would say definitely say that that Boba Fenn it would be very good against, but I mean, if you see a you know separate swarm, yeah. it's not going to feel good. Um, the question would be then, like, could you bring Midnight and something else that could take on a separate swarm? And that's the, like, real question that you could do. Um, and I, I don't know that you can, like, could Kylo solo a separate swarm? Probably not. But I'm not sure what else could. 
it's it's a really interesting state of the game. I don't know, like certain pilots, it's very good for, but certain pilots, it's not, because like a lot of them are in like very niche situations, so it, it's it kind of hurts them in, in in the state of the game. But like like I said, I, I mean, you you kind of pointed out first that like if you're bringing that just to a game night and you know your opponent's gonna bring Boba Fett and you just want to mess with them, absolutely do that. Um, so first order, what do we think after talking about it? Do you, I mean, granted, I, I, like I said, everyone we know that is playing first order always performs well with them. I think people need to stop sleeping on them. Um, I, I know scum is very, very hot right now and they have their reasons that we'll get into in a second, but I think I, I definitely want to see this perform well. And I hope that in the hyperspace world, it does perform a lot, you know, better than, uh, we've been seeing. Any final thoughts, guys? No, I think you hit it. Okay. Um, all right. So we've had a month and a half to mess around with hyperspace in general. We have literally talked about Boba and Slave One probably all season so far. You all know about it. There's no shocker there. So, I mean... I know people are mad about it. People don't understand why Slave 1 would ever be one point, why it doesn't scale. Um, but it's here. It's a menace. It's something that like you should have a plan for or know how to deal with it or something in those regards. Um, I don't know. I mean, a part of me kind of kills the game for it. Like I, I'm messing around with, like I said, I was messing around with Fendengar and it, it definitely does help with, you know, moving after Boba because, like, it, it's, granted, his whole entire one point of Slave 1 uh, is out the window, but it, it's still Boba and he's still going to do a lot of damage, so there's that. Um, CIS Worms are still super relevant. They're, you know, they're, they're seeing lower numbers numbers but i think they have the highest conversion rate of all the factions um get on on advanced targeting computer separate the separatists have a 27.8 percent cut rate and scum is in second with 17 percent. right so uh, i mean cis (laughs) i mean people don't want to fly swarms but i mean when it comes down to it like that conversion rate is just crazy um rebels we've recapped you know they have basically beef i mean people are flying 5x i've been i I know not in a lot of system opens we haven't really been seeing b wings but i think there's still i mean they didn't go anywhere uh people should still be taking a look at them um in republic brett what are we seeing in republic really nothing good (laughs) a bunch of clts uh and you know, Rick or, or Anakin in the, uh, the Naboo Starfighter, but that really seems to be the only thing that's going on for them right now. Right. So, I mean, we haven't seen yet everything yet. I know some other things are going to still pop up, but at the same time, I'm in this like boat that like I, I don't know how I feel about uh, hyperspace at the moment. Like, all right. So, granted, uh, this is a huge disclaimer. We're kind of out of our hyperspace, uh, like, cycle at this point. Like, we our system open is super early. Store championships are kind of happening right now. And then it's, like, all we have to look forward to is Prime. So we're, like, all, like, all right, well, hyperspace is basically dead to us. I know some people still are, are excited about it, and that's okay. But I, I think at the same time, like, I'm out. Like, I was looking at... Um, list on tuesday and i was just like i don't want to fly anything hyperspace like i just want to start flying extended and get back into that boat and it's kind of funny because like we're not really going to go too deep into extended factions because a lot of everything did change but i'm I'm excited to see what else pops up in that faction so really that's kind of my take on hyperspace at the moment like i've seen it i've played with it I'm okay. I'm done with it. And I mean, some of that has to do with Boba. I mean, not all of it. Cause like I said, I, you know, he's definitely, you know, you can figure him out, but I, I mean, at the same time, you look at a lot of these lists and you're just like, they can't do anything about Boba. And, and that kind of hurts the game. Definitely. 
Um, I, I, I get it. I, I know some people are a little bit like they'll, they'll see like, okay, well, I have to move first before Boba and there's nothing I can do that can damage Boba because he's got Slave 1. I, I also think at the same time, I've seen that game played how many times with, you know, different ace ships that are just like i have a boost barrel roll and i'm gonna do it whatever i want because i have that huge bid and you can't touch me so get over it where i mean really scum has no double reposition ships you know maybe this was ffg's way of saying here you go have fun with this for a cycle but i mean we're seeing where that's leading into the game uh Brett, how do you feel I'm pretty similar to to you. I'm I'm I think I'm more discouraged by Boba and Fen than you are. Um, I mean, every list that I have been making now is capping out on 180 points because I feel like I, I'm going to be wanting to fly an AC ship. I don't really enjoy flying the non-AC ships, um, and I know how how annoying it is when Slave One is moving after you, and you know, as someone who primarily likes to fly Republic, uh, you know, the I-6s that we have are very, very limited. It's basically Anakin and a Y-Wing, which, as much as I try to make work, just doesn't really seem to work. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, frustrated when I find myself in a game where I feel like I lost at list building, um, which is something that I really haven't felt much in 2.0 before. So I'm really ready for... Uh, a bit of a break from hyperspace myself. Jonathan, do you have any uh, comments about hyperspace? Well, you know, I, I generally, uh, I generally spend all the way up to 200 when, so I'm used to not bidding and going second. Um, I do think I am actually enjoy. I, so when I make rebel lists, I was, I almost always go right to 200 and I've been enjoying flying the Falcons and uh, some B-Wings and X-Wings. But I really also really like playing the Fang Fighters. And I feel like it's hyperspace feels like a safe spot where like the zealous, zealous recruits can come out and play. So I have been enjoying playing that. I think Boba is um, like a bit above. He's above the power curve in hyperspace. He doesn't have any eyes. There are no i 6 there's no like Darth Vader's and with afterburners or Anakin's to like uh, give him trouble. So he has like free reign in hyperspace. So I think I can see how people find that a problem. And like the slave slave one, I'm used to like pinning down, chasing and pinning down aces. But that slave one being able to turn in either direction, then boost, it is a level of reposition equal to like the uh, hand handbrake handbrake on. So I mean I I think um, Slave One should be priced by initiative. I mean if it was like five or six, like if you knowing how powerful it is now, I mean would you pay five points for it, six points? I think people would. And I think it should go up in price. Yeah, in this meta, I I agree. I think I would pay pay for that. But a large part of that is just because you know it's a limited format now, and all the stuff that used to to push Boba down is is just gone. So if we're back in extended, I don't think I would pay those prices. Uh, but where we are right now, I, I would, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it's I, I think it's really the limited uh, format um, that that comes down to it. Like Boba exactly has free reign over everything, and he's a little bit of a menace. Um, like if he's out, I'm loving hyperspace. It's just you know, yeah. it seems like by the time you get to round three everything you're going to face moving forward now is going to be Boba. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I also kind of think that uh, there's a lot of stuff that it's in hyperspace that is undiscovered. And that is also, you know, maybe like Boba's fault. That a lot of people are kind of saying like, you know, why aren't you just flying Boba if you have the option to? Um, are there things that are better than that in hyperspace? Probably, yeah. maybe. I mean, we saw like the separatists and discord missiles are like can be a strong counter to Boba. Just people don't seem to like to fly separatists. Yeah, like it constantly has one of the lowest count player counts, and it's like I said, that conversion rate's always so like big. So uh, it's definitely something to look at. Um, 
yeah, the Discord missiles on Boba definitely hurt just because he can't barrel. Like he has to reposition himself in a way that he can uh, shake those uh, little guys off. So, you know, if uh, if Ted is listening, I was thinking two uh, bombers with advanced proton torpedoes, two with plasma torpedoes, two vultures with Discord missiles, one naked vulture, and enough room for a probe droid. I think that would uh, give Boba Fett a hard time. <laughs> I'm sorry. If we're talking to Ted, I feel like we need to do it in robot form in honor of our robot episode. <laughs> uh, our best episode ever. I, I'm, I might have missed that one. I don't know what happened. I think I was dying of syphilis. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, if you enjoy hyperspace, all power to you. Um, I, I, I don't even know if Boba is like the right thing like if boba disappears at a hyperspace or even just slave one is something else like another boogeyman going to pop up and you know if so like are we ready for that and i i don't know if that's the right answer like um good do you think the uh when the lat and the she shuttle and the uh hmp gunship come out is that going to change anything well, we don't know exactly what they do yet, but possibly. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't even have FFG streams in April or March for X-Wing. So we, we, I got a feeling we're not going to see them till late April. So that's, that's kind of another thing that I'm just like, I'm out on hyperspace just because I, I want to play the other things in this game. And granted, I mean, a lot of it isn't it hasn't changed from the last meta, but... It's not, you know, Boba Finn or stuff that can deal with Boba Finn. Um, so there's that. I, I definitely think it's going to shake up the meta. Um, and it gives FFG the opportunity to kind of strip things out of hyperspace that they, if they're sticking to that schedule. And I, I, that's a pretty solid point, Jonathan, in that, you know, we're, we're talking about three of the factions that are not really complete factions for this hyperspace cycle. And, you know, maybe when we're looking in May at, at hyperspace stuff, now all of a sudden it seems much more balanced because of the new release. Right. And it's kind of like, all right, so we got this point in January, right? It was like early January. Yeah. So we're not going to see that until probably late April by the looks of it. Um, maybe we get like an Adepticon announcement or something like that. But we're going like basically four months of this current meta, and then maybe that'll shake things up enough. And then two months later, they're gonna change the points again. I'm I don't know. Like I I think it, it's kind of dicey, and I know FFG's in a very weird state with everything that's been shaken up. But uh, I'm not sure in the current state of hyperspace. And, right, I mean, the the main hyperspace items are really this first wave of store championships and uh, the system opens, right? So by the time these new things are introduced, almost all the store championships are done. So, you know, there's not really going to be much in the way of hyperspace being played on a competitive level uh, come May. Right. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Like, may we have primes coming up and we know they're extended. So it's like people are just going to be throw this out the window and start practicing for that. Uh, we literally just said Nova tickets are on sale now. That's extended. Um, it's the first grand championship, whatever they're calling them now. Um, and then it goes like basically right into worlds. And then I know there's probably what, like, so Adepticon's coming up, which is hyperspace. Um, is there any There's other the Alameda system open yeah. on the aircraft carrier? Oh, right, right, right. Um, so so there there isn't that much more, and it's like I like I said, I understand that people like hyperspace. It's just uh, I don't know. I'm starting to lose faith faith in FFG a little bit. Like with um, either they need to like make hyperspace stronger somehow, or do something. Yeah, if they had the timing reverse so uh you know the meta like august cycle was going to be the hyperspace events when everything was going to be released and i I could completely see uh the way the schedule could work but right now it kind of seems backwards right where we're we just have three incomplete factions for the whole 
main hyperspace season. Yeah. And and I'm curious if they're going to do this same uh, let's pull things out of hyperspace every year or if it's going to be maybe every six months that they rotate things in and out. Or like I said, I, I would kind of prefer them to do it every year. They just kind of like do a clean, clean sweep of hyperspace where they take X amount of ships that have been in there for so long out and then put some fresh stuff in that hasn't been in there for a while or just like newer releases. That's I think they said, I mean, with the next point update, I think hyperspace changes. I think he did, Alex Watkins did say that. Did they say they're going to take stuff out? Um, or just change it? I don't know if he said they'd take stuff out, but I feel like with it them editing it down so much, they would keep it relatively small. Right. Which is fine. I, I mean, but when you have such limited card pools... It's a it's a very very delicate ecosystem as we've learned. I, mean, I feel like if they didn't, if Slave One or maybe Mall, if one of those cards or both were not in hyperspace, it would change things a lot. I'm still enjoying it for now. Until you get to your first tournament, you're just like, God damn, Boba, Boba Fett everywhere. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm gonna bring six vultures with uh, advanced proton torpedoes and um. And uh, probe droids. Do it. And he'll, he'll and just run hard the other way and boost away. <laughs> be like, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> that I win at final salvo. Uh, man. All right. So uh, I, I'm out on hyperspace. I, I think until further notice, uh, I think even, even like uh, I'll be excited to see what it looks like in June when they change the points again. But uh, I think from here on out, I'm, I'm playing extended. Sorry guys. Um, any other, uh, any other thoughts on hyperspace before we start to close out and move on? No. All right. Uh, so it looks like they leaked a little bit of information on the grand championship prizes. They usually give out the kits, uh, like what is inside the kits and everything like that. So it looks like there's 500 promo cards that are going to be given out. So I would imagine at least one of them is going to be a participation prize. We have 56 sheets of punch board. Uh, so Brett, this is your speculation that is going to be yeah. top eight per faction. Um, the way Nova works is it's, they would probably do top four per day. 28 damage decks, so top per four per faction. 20 range rulers, 16 packs of tokens, four sets of maneuver templates, four invites to worlds, and a template tray and a trophy. So, um, it, I mean, it looks like there's more than last year, but I don't know if it... It still seems a little weak compared to... You know, Continentals and obviously Worlds, which they just blew it out of the water. With. Right. Uh, and maybe the, that's going to be like that they're leaning towards the faction prizes for this. And maybe it's even uh, like I don't want to bash the uh, Nova organizers, but like the top eight faction per or top four, four per day. I don't know if that's the right choice. Like, I, I think they should still kind of stick to. Um, that Sunday cut, especially because it's like top 32 per day. Like you're probably going to get eight per faction um, in, you know, that the cut. So uh, it gives you a little bit of incentive. Cause I know last year, a lot of people were upset and they, they didn't have like certain prizes, which they probably should have gotten the prizes for the faction on that day to kind of like boost their morale a little bit. But um yeah, I'm on the same boat that it feels a little weak. I still highly recommend going to Nova. It's a it's such a blast. You meet so many fun people, and it's you know, it's on a weekend that like the entire city is just shut down to Nova. So I, I definitely recommend that. There's so many great people out there. Um, so a couple shout outs. Ted won. He went four and zero with the Gamers Heaven uh store. I think it was just a kid tournament today. Yeah, just a, a monthly tournament. Right. And uh, it's our third ranking system um, that we've gone through. So I'm going to have those ranks out this week. And I'll, I will post them probably through the Facebook page now that there's been enough data that like people have, have multiple tournament wins and Brett's not on top. So it's like fine. really near the bottom. Brett on bottom. 
So we'll get that out soon, and uh, we'll continue with the more rankings of news on that. On March 7th is the East Coast Gamers Store Championship. I believe that is sold out. It um, is. There's a waiting list there of is like a wait four list. or five people. So uh, at this point, it's probably a little late. but Right. It's uh, and where's Highlander Games? So Highlander Games is in Booton, New Jersey. What? Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty nice-ish store, I guess. It's the uh, the place where Paul uh, won his his regional at. Oh, right, um, right. Yeah, so we're definitely hitting that one up at least. Uh, and there's not a ton of store championships in the area. Um, and they usually have a, a really good crowd of people from New York coming in. Uh, and sometimes people from, you know, like the Maryland area going up. Cool. And then May 30th is, I believe, is the Gamers Heaven Store Championship. Um, I just want to re uh, confirm that date, but I'm pretty sure that's what Tristan said it was. Yeah, I think that's right. And it doesn't actually run for two weeks, despite what the Facebook event may have said. Right. Um, and then we are in the process of, we'll do a soft announcement. We are in the process of getting Liberty Cup started. We are still hashing out a lot of the details. The date is up in the air. We have a date selected. We're just waiting for the primes to kind of settle in and make sure that we don't have any kind of overlaps because I know that would kill it. Um, And then we will go from there. We're hoping to get it in before the next points adjustment so that it kind of closes out the ranking system. Um, But it we should have a lot of cool prizes and everything like that and all, all that stuff along those lines. Um, any any final shout-outs or anything before we close out completely, guys? Cool. Get. No, I was saying nothing for me. All right. Fine. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I greatly appreciate everyone that does tune into us each week, even when we do sound like robots. Um but, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all Brett's fault. Uh, so, but on that note, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Patreon. Um, hopefully, we have those new cards. Uh, I will load up your Patreon rewards. I know I'm behind on that with being sick, but once we get these Patreon cards, I will load them up with you for you guys. Um, we're throwing some extra stuff in there because it's delayed. So we're just waiting on those extra cards to come in as soon as that artwork is done. The K2SO crew cards will be in there as well. We were just waiting for the the official announcement of that so we can get that print done. Um, Have you uh, announced what the card is? No, not yet. Uh, It's good. Don't worry about it. You'll see it. Um, uh, So on that note, I want to thank everyone for listening and have a great...